toleration be the love before pride and exaltation be the love be the love you are listening to be the love to awaken our souls we are souls on the journey and our mission is to awaken all humans to a higher state of consciousness and live vibrantly as spiritual beings We are here to open up the conversation to heal, awaken, and connect ourselves and the planet to a higher vibration of love frequency. I am Stacey Musial. And I am Brenda Carey. And we are your co-hosts at Be The Love Podcast. Thank you for tuning in and ascending with us. It starts with you. Everything you need is within you. This is your time. This is Adrienne Elise of the Supernova Soul Tribe. This is Nicholas David Mann. Namaste. My name is Nistella Joy Davy. This is Ron Interpreter, and you're listening to Be the Love Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Be the Love to Awaken Our Souls. I am Cece Musial. And I am Brenda Carey with our special guest and sponsor, Tom Palladino with Scalar Light. We are your co-hosts and souls on the journey. And we would like to thank our Patreon supporters for allowing this weekly conscious conversation. We are so grateful for all the support we have received with monthly donations on Patreon, the five-star written reviews on iTunes, and the connection within our Awakening Souls Facebook community. We are on a mission to raise the consciousness of humans and the planet, and we need your help. So please spread the word to your family and friends and join us every week. And if you like what you hear, support us in a way that raises your vibration to love. And if it feels safe for you, I'd like to invite you to take a moment to get centered with us. I'd like to begin by inviting you to take a beautiful cleansing breath in through your nose and out through your mouth releasing anything that is keeping you from being present. And take another deep breath in through your nose, breathing in calm, peaceful, loving energy, and breathing out anything you are ready to release in this now moment. And take one more breath in through your nose, breathing in light and love for yourself. And imagine breathing that light and love and send it back to all of humanity, remembering that you always, always have your breath to come back to. Our guest today is Tom Palladino. He is with us once again, and Tom Palladino is on a personal mission to make a difference in the world by providing people with the education and tools to restore optimal health and enhance their quality of life. Scalar energy or scalar light works with the quantum field, the consciousness of the universe, to activate the body's own innate healing ability. Tom's technology works through a person's photograph and has the power to break down the molecular bonds of over 400,000 pathogens, bacteria, fungi, viruses, parasites, and much more in the body. He has programs for anti-aging, hormones, and nutrition, just to name a few. And scalar energy also helps with balancing chakras, removing toxins, deepening spirituality, improving cognitive function, and overall well-being. Scalar light also works with pets, animals, and your plants. Thank you so much for being here with us again today, Tom. Ladies, thank you. 
Stacy, Brenda, pleasure to be here. Thank you. And for those listening in, if you didn't get a chance to listen to our previous episodes with Tom, those are episodes number 73, 78, 90, 103, and 117. So we are at it again, Tom. I'm excited <laughs> about our, uh, our topic today, really focusing in on natural phenomenon and weather. But before we get to that, for those listeners who are new, can you explain what exactly is scalar light or scalar energy? Scalar energy is the life force of the universe. It's from the sun, from the stars. It's the primary light, the primary energy of everything. And this is so important because if light really dictates nature, and scalar light is that primary energy that dictates nature, and we, everybody should become a student of scalar light in order to understand nature. So what am I getting at? The mover, the animating force, the, the driver of nature is energy, specifically scalar energy. That's why this topic is so important. Scalar energy will explain nature. Scalar energy will finally give us a, a handle on why phenomenon take place. Yes. And... Thank you, because it is so available to us. And I know, you know, just so we can have this concrete understanding, which I is, you know, important, as you were saying before our interview, and, and how, you know, it's really important not to just make it, you know, it's not just some arbitrary concept, but something that we can really bring into our understanding on a deeper level. And so last time we talked a little bit about vortexes and lenticular clouds and the weather patterns and you mentioned that there's some how how scalar light works with other weather patterns like tornadoes and earthquakes and i'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about that today okay. again let's consider that scalar energy energy is fundamental and the effects of what we see in nature so consider that scalar energy is, is a double helix. It's a, it's a waveform, but nonetheless, it has a specific composition. It's a double helix. And many times we see that scalar energy is the prime mover in weather patterns. Now, the reason why a tornado would have a certain circular motion is because that is dictated by scalar energy. The scalar wave dictates the vortical action of a tornado. And likewise, a, a hurricane. Why does a hurricane circulate? Those forces upon a hurricane are scalar energy forces. So the driver behind a tornado, the driver behind the hurricane is scalar instruction, scalar energy. Now that's important to realize because once we have that understanding, we will realize that the primary mover of any atmospheric condition is scalar energy. So you, essentially, if you wanted to predict the, the weather, you would have to look at scalar energy patterns. And those scalar energy patterns show a cause and effect relationship. And we're starting to do that. Many people, unbeknownst to them, they realize that a certain scalar energy phenomenon will eventually produce a weather pattern. And now that's becoming more and more apparent in the world. So, so say more about that. It sounds okay. pretty interesting around, you know, how we could potentially 
predict those weather patterns, tornadoes okay. and hurricanes. Yeah. Okay. I, and I don't mean to be condescending by this statement, but animals are great predictors of the weather. And we really should pay attention to animals. Many times prior to, say, a hurricane, a major hurricane, um, animals, especially the birds, will behave in a strange fashion. Mm -hmm. It's been shown that um, a major hurricane, once, uh, once it's about to make landfall, sometimes the birds will leave that area or the birds will start to uh, experiencing some type of agitation. Um, other animals will, will anticipate the hurricane on its way. Well, obviously, this is some type of inbuilt mechanism in which birds, animals realize that there's changes in the atmosphere, anticipate some type of disturbance, and seek shelter accordingly. I live in Florida, and I notice this readily anytime a hurricane or a tropical depression mm -hmm. approaches. The birds seek shelter the birds act in a different fashion. They no longer fly about freely. They, they are looking for shelter. They anticipate the storm at least 24 to 48 hours in advance. Meaning what? That this force of nature is picked up by animals readily. I'll give you another for instance. Prior to a tornado, many farm animals, many livestock will seek shelter. They realize that a tornado is approaching. And that, that is some type of innate ability for, again, animals to appreciate this change in scalar activity. In other words, these animals can feel a tornado. They can sense a tornado. They can feel a hurricane. They can sense a hurricane. Why? Because it's a different, it's a different vortical action. Mm -hmm. So it's always been my contention. There has to be a cause between, behind tornadoes and hurricanes, and that causes scalar energy. Mm -hmm. And there, there have been people in the past that have been able to manipulate the weather and create rain with scalar energy instruments. Now imagine that we can, we can produce an atmospheric uh, change by way of a scalar energy instrument. All of that points to the fact that, again, the animating force in this case of weather phenomenon is scalar energy. And so I'm just makes me kind of think about, you know, how birds can intuitively or they, you know, maybe there's that that scalar energy energetic component there, you know, that they have this natural ability. And then I'm wondering how that can relate to humans. Like how, you know, yeah. if we're just, maybe we just need to tune in a little bit more that we can also predict the weather. And so we can, you know, sense and trust in that ability. But how do we tap into I, that? What is that? I agree. You know, if animals can do it, if a bird, if a dog, a cat can anticipate the weather, why can't people? Mm -hmm. Well, frankly, I, I think animals are closer to nature. Let's face it, the world that we live in is an artificial world. Mm -hmm. The inventions, the, 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 uh, the pleasures of modern day society remove us from nature. Mm -hmm. We live in an artificial environment, whereas if, if you're livestock, you're living out in the elements and you're much more in tune with the elements. So you now this has been established time and time again. Yeah. Dogs, would... cats can, can anticipate an earthquake. Dogs, cats can anticipate a, a tornado. 
And why? Why do they have that innate ability? I believe people have that innate ability, but we've we seem to have severed that connection with nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. And and I'm pointing at myself as well. But I do find the more domesticated our society becomes, the more artificial, as you say, when we are relying on electric heat instead of the element, the actual elements of fire, you know, even things like that, we are not exposed to the elements of nature like we used to be. So I don't think we are as sensitive or as in tune as, I mean, probably hundreds of years ago when, you know, we had to live in caves and we had to, you know, build a fire in order to stay warm. We've, we've lost, I mean, granted, we live longer than back in in caveman days. Uh, However, I do think that we have separated ourselves from thinking that we are nature. And I think for me personally, like this reminder of I am water. My body is mostly water. I have digestive fire in my belly. You know, I, I think just tuning in, that's how I tune in other than, you know, walks with nature and identifying that I too am made of the earth and minerals. I have wind called breath. And so I, I do think it's possible, but it takes a little more effort or maybe a lot more effort mm-hmm. nowadays mm-hmm. compared to back then. Yeah, um, I agree with you. We, we've lost that connection. I agree. So circling back to the the phenomenon specifically of like lightning, because that's kind mm-hmm. of fascinating. You mentioned like the power of lightning. Like we recently had a a bit of a lightning storm in the mountains where I'm here. And I am like awestruck by the, I mean, it lights up a dark sky instantly, but explain to our listeners and to myself, like how is scalar light like that powerful lightning that we experience? It's always been my contention that lightning initially is a discharge of scalar energy. Many people have always mused and considered where does lightning come from? Well, it's, it's ambient, it's everywhere. And we simply see lightning displayed in certain atmospheric conditions. Now, what's really peculiar to me, people have been struck by lightning with uh, varying results. Some people are struck by lightning and it actually charges them up. Or some people believe that it's given them some type of, um, a lightning strike has given them some type of uh, ability, some type of supernatural ability. Whereas other people are struck by lightning and they're killed on the spot, then you have to ask yourself, why? Why is there such a disparity? Well, it's always been my consideration that lightning initiates a scalar energy and that it will degrade into electricity. And if you're struck by lightning, while lightning is still within that scalar energy component, you will not be electrocuted. It's not electricity Mm -hmm. yet. But if you're struck by lightning and it's already degraded into electromagnetic energy, then you're going to get the shock of your life and you could be electrocuted. So this is rather peculiar to me. Now, I've often um, looked in the annals of history and I've, I've seen that it's been recorded. Some people who've been struck by lightning have been cured of cancer because lightning carries scalar energy instructions. And very strong scalar energy instructions will correct a cellular mutation. So some people were struck by lightning. That lightning is still in its scalar energy pristine form, which is information. And that bolt of information cured them of cancer. 
Wow. So, so what would one, you know, how do you tap into that energy before it reaches, yeah, you know, you're, where it's... you're right. That's what I'm trying to do. And I think other researchers are trying to do that. If we keep scalar energy in its pristine form and its immaculate form, it should be able to correct cancer. It should eventually be able to correct um, what I would consider genetic disorders, mm. genetic dysfunction. Now consider what I'm saying. Energy is instructive mm -hmm. and scalar energy should be able to reinstruct, to correct our genome, which is a genetic dysfunction or correct our, um, what, what we would consider some type of mutation, which is cancer. Mm -hmm. it's, it's very promising. Now, again, to reiterate, this has been done before. People have been struck by, by lightning and all forms of cancer have been cured. Or some people have said that they were stuck in a, um, at a high altitude during an electrical storm. And just being in the presence of those flashes of lightning cured them of cancer. They weren't necessarily struck by lightning, but they were in the presence of lightning. So all of that calls to mind, why? What, what is the animating force there? Well, it has to be within the lightning bolt. And what's the point of the lightning bolt? Well, it has to carry instructions, corrective instructions, instructions to improve our health. So mind you, this field of, of scalar energy is wide open. And what I theorize is just a thumbnail sketch of the future. What I have read and what I have ascertained is, is really just the beginning of this, this tremendous gift from God. I want the world to research scalar energy. It is the game changer we're waiting for. Hello, everyone. This is Brenda Carey of Be The Love Podcast. And Stacy and I are wrapping up our 14 days of magic from the Magic Mind productivity elixirs, these amazing green shots that have mushroom extract, ceremonial grade matcha that gives us a great immune boost. I know that I have needed this personally through the cold and flu season and have really appreciated this immune boost that I've been given. And this is Stacey Musial of Be The Love Podcast. And yes, thank you to Magic Mind. These little green shots have really helped me focus in the morning without the caffeine. The matcha has really been a positive influence for me. I love the mushrooms and the lion's mane and the cognitive support received with that. And it really helps me acclimate back into my busy work day. And I just really appreciate the beautiful work that you're doing with the Amazon rainforest and the support that you're giving them. And so check out magicmind.co forward slash 14 days of magic and receive 20% off with the coupon code BELOVE14. And continuing into this idea of lightning, uh, you also talk about plasma yes. and plasma lightning and plasma balls. Is that yeah. similar to yes, this idea of lightning or is it an extension of it? It's an extension. Many people have, have seen um, ball lightning, which is what a plasma ball, and usually that ball lightning accompanies a, an electrical storm, a lightning storm. Now, what's peculiar about this ball lightning, sometimes it can hover. It's an actual small ball, maybe the size of a grapefruit or this maybe as large as the size of a pumpkin, a basketball. But this plasma ball will just hover. Hmm. And some people have 
believe that they, by entraining this plasma ball, they can actually manipulate it to move back and forth. Some people have said they can do that. Now, if that's the case, the plasma ball, ball lightning, has consciousness. You can communicate with it. And what is peculiar about ball lightning, it will move about freely, and it does not abide by the laws of electromagnetic principles. In other words, it, it experiences anti-gravity. It does not abide by the laws of gravity. It can pass through a home, a brick wall. So it must be non-physical. It must be an energy field, a plasma field that can pass right through physical matter. And many times when this ball lightning finally degrades, it will degrade into electricity and magnetism, and there'll be a sharp, um, almost a thunderclap or a release of energy. Hmm. So mind you, while this plasma ball is still in its uh, primal form, a, a plasma field, a plasma ball, it's non-physical. It can pass through physical objects. It can hover. It can, it can uh, levitate. Uh, uh, it doesn't necessarily abide by the laws of gravity. And when it does degrade, it seems to degrade then into electromagnetic energy from scalar into electricity. And that, that uh, conversion can be abrupt and it can be violent at times. Wow. Sounds sounds so fascinating. Now I, I'm I'm so curious too about Nicholas Tesla's role in creating the lightning bolt in his laboratory and, and what the significance of that is. That's a great corollary. Now, Tesla, one of in my estimation, the first man to develop and harness scalar energy was able to reproduce lightning bolts. How did he do that? He did that with a scalar energy instrument, not an electrical instrument. So somehow Tessa, in his experiments in 1899 in Colorado Springs, it was a scalar energy experiment, and he produced lightning bolts 40, 50 feet in, in length. And he was able to control them in his laboratory. Now, I always say this, we should have listened to Tessa, because if we could have created lightning bolts, scalar energy lightning bolts, we could have powered all of Colorado. We could have powered all of the United States with these lightning bolts. Tesla mastered that. Tesla had control over those lightning bolts. So that's the free energy from the atmosphere. And imagine you, you could produce hundreds, thousands of lightning bolts. You could power a station with it and you would not have to drill for oil. It's the energies out there in the atmosphere. Tesla proved that. Well, hopefully we can reproduce Tesla's experiments and hopefully we can recreate lightning bolts. And if we can, that's another source of power. Mm -hmm. Now, here we are in the grips of, of an energy crisis and we're going nowhere. You know, it's, it's the world continues to grow and our dependence upon fossil fuels is, is at its limit to the vantage point of many people. So we need a new beginning. And I'm saying that scatter energy is free energy and that's the new beginning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's an important part of that scalar energy is clean and free. And we yes. do as a species need to start thinking more future forward. Like you mentioned, we are maximizing our fossil fuel and consuming at an alarming rate. And so being creative beings, I fully you know, expect us to come up with another solution to this yes. and scalar energy sounds so promising 
I do have more along lines of a kind of personal question. So if someone didn't want to get, you know, struck by lightning or be in the midst of a plasma ball, because, right. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying, given the choice, I don't think I'd sign up for that. Right. Um, your scalar light machines do a similar thing for healing on yeah. deeper levels. Can you explain that, that to our correct. listeners so they don't think they have to start chasing lightning storms? <laughs> okay. All right. I, that's a good, thank you. That's a good point. I, I've not mastered, frankly, cancer. I think I need a very high powered scalar energy instrument that could direct cellular mutation, cancer, cancerous growth. My instruments, I've perfected them to the extent that working through a person's photograph, I can identify microbes, germs, and I can eradicate, I can break down those microbes, those germs. How do I do that? Scalar energy is, holds together the molecules, the atomic structure of matter. And my instrument can negate or reverse the molecular structure, if you will, of a, a virus or a bacterium. And once you negate that molecular structure, the virus, the bacterium falls apart. So I've at least perfected my instrument to that extent. I need greater knowledge, greater understanding to tackle other problems. But thank you for that information. Just so, just to bring some clarity around what your instrument does compared yes. to uh, the scalar light of lightning bolts. We mentioned earlier about other natural phenomenon like earthquakes and tornadoes. Yeah. And it was mentioned in, I think, an earlier episode about how powerful tornadoes can create changes in like the physical structure of matter so yes. that it becomes less rigid and yes. becomes more non-physical or more spirit-like. Can you explain that a yes. way better than I did? <laughs> well, you, you did a great job, Brenda. Maybe oh, you should continue. Uh, I'm really <laughs> proud of you. You know, I, I look for examples in nature and I, you know, the reality is reality. What am I getting at? There are some very strong tornadoes. The aftermath of a tornado, you can find two objects, two physical objects that have interpenetrated or been fused into one another. Well, how did that happen? During a very powerful tornado, within that very sweet spot of the tornado, it's a scalar energy vortex. It, matter becomes non-physical or it, it will relax its molecular bonds. So what used to be a, a solid now becomes gas-like or spirit-like, in which two physical objects for a brief period of time can interpenetrate or combine or fuse together, call it what you will. And then after the tornado passes, those two physical objects that became non-physical, well, they go back to their physical rigidity meaning they're both fused one into the other. And we see this so many times with very powerful tornadoes. After a tornado, a very powerful tornado, you'll see the aftermath. And amidst the destruction, you see two physical objects fused into one another. I've seen hundreds of photographs. Mm. I've, I've seen a straw fused into a tree. I've seen a garden hose fused into a tree. I've seen a book fused into a tree. Now, how does this happen? Well, for a brief instant, during this vortical action, this very strong scalar energy force field, the book and the, if you will, the tree became non-physical. So the book actually penetrated into the tree mm -hmm. and the 
too locked into phase, if you will. And after the tornado, the, the book and the tree are now one. They're fused one into the other. And again, there are hundreds upon hundreds of examples of this fusing of two physical objects after a, a tornado has passed through. So it begs the question, well, why does this only happen with tornadoes? And why does it happen to great frequency when it's a very powerful tornado? Well, a powerful tornado will produce a powerful scalar energy force field. And the result is objects fuse into one another. Now that in and of itself is an example in nature, an excellent example of the different physics of the different branch of physics that we're working with, scalar energy as opposed to electromagnetic energy. Well, that sounds so fascinating. And, you know, I mean, cause yeah, I mean like things, you know, when they become non-material, less matter, more energy, right? They, I mean, things can become so much more malleable. And I'm wondering if you talk a little bit about just the implications and what that, you know, how that might apply to being human and, and how we can, you know, become less matter and, and really become like fusing with, you know, our, our manifestations of the energy from outside of us so and if within. You, if you, thank you. If you very, very well spoken, Stacey, if you extrapolate upon that, if, if two objects can um, overcome time and space, so to speak, then, then that phenomenon speaks about travel. It speaks about being able to travel in a non-physical state, in a scalar energy state, and to be able to move about from one point to another almost instantaneously because you're no longer physical matter. If you will, you're an information field. You're a plasma field. And it's much easier to move about in a plasma field than it is in an electromagnetic field. So all of this, if you will, portends to the fact that scalar energy is a new horizon and that eventually we'll be able to transport ourselves without any G-forces, without any encumbrance, because we're in a plasma field. We're in a scalar energy force field in which you can move about without the impediment of gravity. That sounds like an amazing, an amazing future hopefully very, very soon. And as we begin to wrap up this, I honestly feel like I have more questions, but as we begin to uh, wrap up our uh, episode on Scalar Light, please tell our listeners where they can find you and just anything else you're currently working on. Okay. Our focal point is the website, scalarlight.com. Visit the website. Anybody in the world is entitled to 15 days of free sessions. Um, what am I working on? Everything under the sun. Um, I, I'm asking God to give me the wisdom to reproduce a star or, or the sun. What do I mean? Well, if we can copy nature, if I, if I can reproduce and create a miniature star, then that will be the end of the energy crisis. Mm. So the future is not a power plant of coal or iron ore. It's not a nuclear reactor. The future is to reproduce a star to imitate nature, to re reproduce a star or a sun. And that in and of itself will be the power plant of the future. I love it because it's already, we're in abundance of that energy, right? The right. star and sun and, you know, we, the, the scalar energy, we can, 
Yeah, anything is possible, right? Because we have to merge those manifestations with our our physical manifestations and bring that to us. And so I, yeah, I, I'm excited to see where this is going. So thank you. Well, another, yeah. another great conversation. You two are experts. So I'm so proud of you. <laughs> well, thank you. You make thank it you. easy. So it's simple. It nature is. is simple. If, is. if you look at the fundament of nature, it's always simple. Nature right? is simple. And if you so can we... just imitate nature, you're a genius. Mm-hmm. So true. We tend to complicate things. Totally. Um, we need to be like our animals. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've always wanted to be like a bird. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, thank you so much for being here again today, Tom. It's been such a pleasure. And thank you for listening to Be The Love Podcast. If you've enjoyed listening to our show, please share the love by sharing it with your friends, giving us a five-star written review on iTunes, or liking us on Facebook. And please consider supporting our mission to awaken our souls with special guest interviews and speak to love conscious conversations with your co-hosts, myself and Brenda. A low dollar monthly donation of $2.22 or $5.55 really helps us with the operating costs of this podcast so we can continue to spread the love. To contribute, visit our Patreon website at patreon.com forward slash be the love podcast. And stay tuned for more episodes being released on Mondays and Thursdays at 5.55 a.m. Mountain Time. Thank you, Heather Lynn, for providing us with your beautiful song to accompany our show, Be the Love. If you would like to learn more about Heather Lynn and her music, please visit her website at heatherlynnmusic.com. And thank you, Christy Grace at Leading Edge Productions for the beautiful design and graphic. And thank you for tuning in. And until next time, we are souls on the journey to align to our divine purpose and shine our lights. So keep on shining.